Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. This is the bit where the theme song will go. Do, 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 do. The theme that I was going to put here was a song by Marlon Williams. That's and right. I've been in contact with his management. But there's this whole thing around uh, you've got like the Australian management and then you've got the independent licensing company. And then he's looked after by Universal in New Zealand. So I'm definitely not getting. I'm on this tightrope walk. What's a good analogy? If it's New Zealand, you're on an amazing adventure. I'm just trying to avoid having my emails forwarded to Universal. <laughs> if I can have it either go through the Australian indie label or the independent licensor, we're good. I feel like I've got a chance. As soon as it makes its way to someone's desk at Universal, we're dead. We don't have a theme song. I will be excited to hear about what happens with that. Until that time, I think we're doing great. I think we're doing so well. We can definitely use this one. Radio Lockdown. You're listening to Radio Lockdown. <laughs> so, uh, Darcy, my close personal friend, how are you dealing with isolation? <laughs> How's isolation going? So, I took Friday off of work because I uh, freaked out a little bit. So, that was fun. So, I'm on day three of isolation because I still actually have to go into work. Isolation's going fine. I'm an introvert. I've just been making big old cups of Milo and um, I've been watching the Big Bang Theory. And look, since you're mocking scoffs, which are incoming and have already happened before, I I have had some thoughts about why I'm doing this, okay? No, no, no. That was before we started recording. Now I am an impartial observer. (laughs) Now? Oh, you're all intrigued. Yes. Tell me about this show, The Big Bang. Bang Theory. Okay, so we all know the Big Bang Theory, and it's not, let's say, technically proficient, but... I think it's a very good explanation of the beginning of the universe. There's a TV show about it? That sounds great and probably appealing to my interests. I sure hope they get all the nerd comedy right. Look, there's a thousand episodes of it, and I've watched a lot worse for a lot less. But usually that involves a hot person. I really have no excuse for this one. It's just, it's comfort food. You know, it's shoving your face in a plate full of chips and just going, I don't want to pay attention to the real world. And I've been watching it for a few seasons in a row now. I'm going to say this with a little bit of confidence now. I have decided that if I was going to party with anyone, it would be with Rajesh, right? Okay. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big He makes them jam. He has a dog and he is really fun after a few drinks you get him and bernadette that's a hell of a night that's good times you you described him with three things one of which was a personality trait that's a great character he makes homemade jam and then gives it to his friends that shows love and care okay that's great corona practice at one point is he a prepper he and his best friend Talk about going to couples therapy together. It's a show that goes deep, I guess. Well, like all things, and like much of my English degree. No, I was defending this in my head last night, so. Oh no, I've given you time to rally. Yeah, you idiot. Look what you've done. Basically. Just a quick editing note here. I hope you'll understand as a listener that this was a longer conversation than we had room for on the podcast. Here are some of the most important points. And it's just the Descartian split of woman being body, man being mind, and thus explaining why women are irrational and why Sheldon's girlfriend wants to have sex with him all the time. 
Sheldon representing classic rationalism. Poor Amy is just lumped with all those body type women, stupid Descartes. Now, don't fact check me on that one because it's been a while since I read about it. Maybe he was the person who talked about the mind and body split. Yes, yes, that's Cartesian dualism. Okay, good. Yeah. You got it. You good, got it. Good. There we go. There. I nailed it. And that is why the Big Bang Theory is worthy of my time during isolation. Anyway, Justin, how are you going? What are you doing? You're in safe hands in the edit. I'm just going to cut you talking about how Sheldon Cooper is the voice of rationalism in our modern age. Well, he likes to think he is. That's where Descartes' theory falls down. One's body always impacts what one actually does. You cannot be strictly rational. Whoa. So it's a false, what's the word? It's a false dichotomy. Yes. I learned that from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, see, who says pop culture doesn't teach us stuff? Uh, nobody. Nobody says that. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go. Because social isolation does not mean just being a shut-in. I know that there are a lot of people for whom it is very difficult to just leave the house at all right now, and I get that. Like, if my apartment that I live in had an elevator, I don't know if I would be leaving the house. Because <laughs> I would have to get in an elevator. There's a communal space, and then push some buttons. Oh, I w- our work gave us a little pamphlet on how we're supposed to do it. Only four people can fit in our elevators and you're not allowed to press the buttons with your fingers anymore. It has to be like a key card or something. Or now this is amazing because they were like with the top of a pen. But if you use the top of a pen, try to put a pen lid on top of it. And if you then have that pen lid used as your pusher thing, you're going to take the pen lid off just in case you chew it. This was a full paragraph where the other leaflet parts were just like, four people in a lift, don't think about it too much. Yeah, yeah, because the main transmission vector is going to be someone chewing the lid of a pen, then pushing the, that pen's lid against the buttons. I admired their moxie, but they were like, yeah, pen lids, man, that's what's going to get you. So you physically go outside and still, because this was my thing, because I was like, how are you playing Pokemon Go, man? I thought the whole thing was like, it it got people to move. So you're still wandering about the place. I am. I'm just very conscious about not walking in spaces that other people are unnecessarily, because I'm aware there was this guy, this is a real story, uh, on the 18th, he was arrested for playing Pokemon Go in Italy where they're in lockdown. Yes, I remember reading this. He went out of his house and his exact phrase, I don't know the Italian, but it translates as, I have to hunt the Pokemon. That was his reason (laughs) given for leaving his house. I really thought I'd read like the the Batuta version of that. Because I was like, it couldn't have been, I got to get that Charizard or something. It really, it it was. It really was. Yeah. So he was arrested. Under the restrictions in Australia, you're allowed to go out for exercise. um, And you're allowed to go out, you know, obviously to go to the shops. So if I go to the shops, I just take a slightly divergent route. And when I'm not going to the shops, I just go outside, but I just walk in places people aren't going. I should say at the top of the show, um, neither of us are doctors. We are not in positions to give medical anything. I don't know if you could if you could tell by us mentioning our philosophy and English degrees, but we don't know what happens with the human body. Never trust us. We are changeable like the wind and sea. We have so many degrees. 
and so little knowledge about the human yes, body. It's so rubbish. You saw me trying to figure out Skype this morning. It was like watching a baby trying to figure out algebra. It was awful. It was a beautiful combination of letters and so numbers. So, buddy, did you catch something exciting on Pokemon Go oh, recently? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man, just talk to your grandma about what's going on with Pokemon Go. I caught an execute. Hey, man, the puns come thick and fast with them, really. But the new generations worry me because it looks like they are just looking at inanimate objects, like stapler, core. I don't know what you mean. Tablemon is my favourite, and I will defend him. (laughs) See, and I can't tell if that's a joke name or not, and I should be at him too. I should be at Please tell me. Wait, I don't know if I want you to have made that up or not. <laughs> Either way, it's glorious. Place your bets now, listeners. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, Tablemon is a Beauty and the Beast character. It's one of the tables that dances in the background. It's not involved in Pokemon in any way. Right up there with Cogsworth. See, this is this is a good choice for isolation. You know, you're getting some exercise. You're not slowly falling into a Descartian nightmare. You I mean, know, Descartian nightmares, as we've established, are how Descartes came up with all his good ideas. So maybe falling into a funk is a good way to get through these times. It'd be such a good name for like a really pretentious uni band, Descartian nightmares. That's pretty good. I would go listen to those and fall in love with the lead singer and then realize he's a dick i would have that exact character trajectory we play we play existential funk (laughs) shall we do a news segment yeah man news it up it's time for what i am tentatively calling justin's breakdown (laughs) justin has a breakdown of the news question mark it's sunday the 29th of march 2020 just over 12 weeks ago A man in Wuhan ate a bat, which was bad, and now we all have to go to our rooms. So I was planning on basically like doing a news wrap up of the week, but I wrote a couple of jokes each day and then they all basically got superseded because so much stuff has changed in the last week. So I just want to give you like a couple of jokes or news items that I wrote down each day just to Mm -hmm. give you a sense. For posterity, for historical purposes. And who knows, maybe this is actually the bit, right? Maybe this is the segment that's like, it's just me panicking every day with the jokes that no longer land. Um, the jokes are no longer land, much like planes in Australia. Boom, boom. Whoa, whoa, that's about the quality <laughs> of my jokes. So I started working on this last Saturday. So we open with, in Victoria on Saturday, further social distancing restrictions were placed on Crown Casino, which had previously enjoyed exemptions to the law restricting gatherings of more than 100 people. Crown Casino, or to use its Latin name, Coronum Various, will now need to play by the rules, limiting its gaming room to only 100 vulnerable pensioners. Oh, uh, I would laugh more, but it's made me so sad. <laughs> so this is where we were oh last my God. Saturday, right? I was making fun jokes about how crown in Latin is corona, and that's why you have the coronavirus, because it looks like it has a crown when you look at it under a microscope. Ha, 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 ha. And also, apparently, the word for casino in Latin is various, so coronum various sounds a bit like coronavirus. Oh, Justin. Oh, we're having fun. Oh, we're having fun. That's the thing Justin's done. On Sunday, the AFLW season was cancelled entirely, which was bad news for everyone except Richmond. Hey-oh! Oh, Oh, dear. Hey! 
Meanwhile, the AFL men's season has been cancelled until at least June, which is bad news for everyone except fantasy football coach Josh Martin, who just got pretty good odds on winning a Toyota Hilux. At 4pm on Tuesday, South Australia's borders were officially closed. Anyone travelling into South Australia by land will now pass through one of 12 border crossings, where they'll be required to sign a declaration about their health and ability to undertake two weeks of mandatory self-isolation. Those refusing to sign the declaration will be encouraged to throw themselves bodily into the bins provided, a punishment hitherto reserved for anyone trying to smuggle in fresh fruit. (laughs) On Wednesday, we suffered a tragic loss as Junkie officially ceased to be a journalistic website, publishing an actual article with the headline, Everyone's Baffled by Scott Morrison's Confusing New Lockout Rules. Hey everyone, remember the days when Junkie might have posted an interesting explainer of the lockout rules? Sifting through the bullshit and trying to make sense of it all? Well, those writers have now moved on to the ABC, The Guardian, and The Saturday Paper, so I hope you like embedded tweets. I do have a lot of embedded tweets these days. You need to explain a thing. You can't have a headline that's just, everyone's confused. Recycled Twitter is not journalism. (laughs) I don't know. I'm being very harsh. It's okay, man. You're just passionate about a topic. It's real easy to be a journalist right now as well, so they've got no excuse. That's the thing though, like everything's coming in and I get like kind of annoyed by how much there is. I was talking to someone the other day about how this would have been so different if it was like even the 90s. Like, you know, we would have not had this constant stream of news about what was going on. Wouldn't that have been worse? And I'm like, I don't know. The flip side is if one person tells you do not do this list of things, it's so much easier than getting all these like whispers in, you know? You can just have one authoritative person sitting at a desk being like, oi, you, cut that out. And I'd be like, oh, shit, I better cut that out. Instead of like someone's aunt being like, we can't buy any more hand sanitizer. And I'd be like, oh, shit, all the hand sanitizer's gone from the world, I guess. On Thursday, licensing restrictions were relaxed on bars and restaurants across South Australia, allowing them to sell takeaway alcohol with food orders, which is going to be huge for that one toasted sandwich press at the Exeter. <laughs> oh, that that poor lonely sandwich press. Did you ever get one? I have, yeah, yeah. That's why I know it exists. <laughs> on Friday, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that he had caught the coronavirus, joining notorious shitheads Harvey Weinstein, Peter Dutton and Tom Hanks. Look, man, what are, you, what are you doing? You can't come after Hanks. It's just against the rules. He's America's sweetheart, but aside from that, he's just a gosh darn delight. And honestly, I don't. I feel like I don't know he was a human anymore. And I kind of, kind of wish I hadn't agreed to do this. Nope. Doubling down. How? How can you double down on the Hanks? You monster. Boris Johnson announced he'd caught the coronavirus, joining notorious shitheads Harvey Weinstein, Peter Dutton. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. That's right, I've said it. I'm the only one that dares. But you'll be pleased to hear that Tom Hanks and Peter Dutton are both recovering fine. hate that joke, man. I hate it so much. And yesterday, that brings us to yesterday, a London maintenance crew took the lockdown as an opportunity to repaint the Abbey Road crossing made famous by the Beatles more than 50 years ago. A spokesperson for the council explained, we hope this makes up for that group of celebrities that tried to cover John Lennon's Imagine. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been seeing him there, sitting sitting on the feeds, and I'm like, look, I'm not clicking this. I don't, I don't, I didn't want it when it was just a nice thing that a bunch of celebrities thought they were doing. I didn't want it when people started making fun of it. Just the whole thing's bummed me out, man. 
you should check out, there's one video that I recommend, which is, I think his name is Charles Cornell, is the guy on YouTube. Um, he basically tried to figure out how to accompany the song because every celebrity is singing in a different key. Oh, God. And so he's just workshopping how to uh, accompany that song in a consistent way. And then he actually put out a version of the song that has all the celebrities singer and also is essentially accompanying them with a full band that's all him. It's pretty good and better than this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, we give you permission. You can go listen to that. Darcy, I know you'll be very disappointed to hear that this is the end of Justin's breakdown. Oh, Justin, I don't believe that for a second. Don't worry, I'll have another breakdown for you again next week. <laughs> You're listening to Radio Lockdown, a proud member of the Neptune Podcast Empire. Neptune Today is a free, public interest science magazine run by me, Justin. I've been doing the podcast that you were listening to earlier. I make it myself with some friends that are smarter than I am and cooler and better at art. If you'd like a copy of our magazine, just get in touch Send us your address, $5, and the name of your firstborn child. We are Neptune Today on all good social media, as well as several of the bad ones. You know which ones they are. And you can support us on Patreon. There are different tiers depending on how much you like us, and it's not a pyramid scheme. So that's good. So what's next? Are we listening to an interview? I was thinking we might listen to an interview so I should also say I've been very careful while we've been chatting to say coronavirus. I'm not sure that I said coronavirus the whole way through. I may have said COVID-19 through this interview and I may have used it incorrectly because I thought I was so, being smart and sciencey by using COVID-19 all the time, but it turns out that's the disease, not the virus. So, so, so to draw the distinction, okay. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna spell it out. Um, so for the record, the virus itself uh, is known as SARS-CoV-2. Um, so it's essentially like the sequel to SARS: sudden acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus number two, electric boogaloo, that causes the 2019 coronavirus disease, which is COVID, the D being for disease 19. So both of these can be referred to as coronavirus, but technically you catch a virus and then that virus gives you the disease. You catch SARS-CoV-2, you develop COVID-19. That's the distinction. (laughs) I know that that's that's a good scientific and sound reasoning, but if someone says COVID-19, you will know what they're talking about if they mean coronavirus and vice versa. So that's true. I mean, and even the uh, World Health Organization aren't saying SARS-CoV-2 or SARS-CoV-2. Um, they're saying the virus that causes COVID-19. So they still refer to it the same way. But yes, I'm a pedant. Um, if I'm not pedantic about these things, then what business do I have being the editor of a science magazine? But yes, I'm 100% not a doctor. Uh if you're a doctor and you're listening, please get in touch. I'd love to interview you for an episode. So let's listen to the not priest, pastor. I know what different pope. religions call things. Pope. Matt's the Pope. You just back off the Pope, young man. Right. You're always saying back off the Pope, young man, to me. I won't obey your rules. 
I don't know why I was defending. I like this Pope, I guess. You get weirdly attached sometimes. Everything about even being a lapsed Catholic is pretty pretty awful. So You just got to make sure you can cling to your Pope from time to time. Not during these times. He's hella old. He would definitely die if he got COVID, man. They're, they've got to have him on the most intense lockdown in the world. I believe there are four cases in the Holy See. They are going nowhere near the old mate. Bloody hell. I don't think so, no. They've got a special COVID dove that's painted bright green, (laughs) which they will release if the Pope gets coronavirus. Look, it's a great joke, but why green, Justin? I don't know. It's like a diseasey colour. It's not a great joke. Really? I thought you were going to go red. (laughs) No, no, that's a real one. They paint a dove red when um, the Pope... Yeah? Yeah, when becomes the pope... a communist. <laughs> yeah, when when the pope becomes a commie, uh, they paint a dove red. Oh, play this interview, man. <laughs> Would you mind introducing yourself for our audience? Who am I chatting to? Sure, my name's uh, Matt Lehman, and I'm one of the pastors at Trinity Church Kernelite Gardens, and we meet at the Kernelite Gardens RSL. Well, we used to meet up until a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, so when did you stop having, I guess, physical things? What was the timeline like for you? Yeah, we uh, two weeks ago we had uh, our last church of here at the RSL, and that was just when, as you would know, with coronavirus, things have been changing almost sort of daily. So we put in place every protocol we could with safe handling of food, with tongs and hand washing and hand sanitizer everywhere and tried to kind of look after people um, but I think the experience of that Sunday was just feeling um, a bit, um, you know, just profoundly worried, actually, that all of the most vulnerable members of our community, our seniors and things who we'd suggested might want to stay home, they all came because they've never, you know, stopped going to church or something uh, for anything. And uh, whereas we found a lot of our people uh, with younger kids who may be a bit further down the track on understanding implications of coronavirus were actually staying away for the sake of protecting the vulnerable they knew were coming. Um, So we didn't think it was sort of tenable. The the 500 uh, ban had come. We have about 300 here uh, at the RSL. But the Monday after that, we decided uh, we would stop meeting uh, physically. And then Wednesday, that 500 got uh, brought down to 100, which kind of superseded that decision anyway. So we very hastily uh, reworked things to be online for church uh, on Sunday just gone and we're lining up for our second one this Sunday. So how'd it go on Sunday? How did, What was the experience of streaming it for your congregation? It was a busy week. Like the lead up was a bit crazy. Uh, you don't get trained to be a, a TV producer <laughs> when you go to Bible college. Um, but the actual experience on a Sunday was really uh, quite wonderful. As I said, we usually have about 300 uh, people here with us and we had rough estimate of about 2,000 people tune in uh, for our online church from places as far as the UK and Senegal, uh, interstate, uh, rural South Australians as well as our regular uh, congregation members. So um, yeah, it was it was surreal I guess would be the way uh, to put it but we had an online chat function it was just nice seeing people you know checking in and saying who's sitting in their lounge room watching that People are enjoying church in their pyjamas and they've made pancakes. So what kind of work went into it then? You're, you're saying that there's a lot that went in on the production side of it. 
So the main options that churches have gone for is sort of like a live stream where you get a certain number of people in a room and, um, you know, like Facebook Live or something like that, which, you know, initially um, some churches, you can you can see why they did that. It's very hard to get sound and audio <laughs> to kind of work well for someone sitting down watching TV for an hour via something like that. But also, too, as we've unpacked the implications of coronavirus, you still has a need to actually get quite a number of people in a room uh, kind of make that happen if you're going to have a band or someone sharing a sermon and things like that. So we decided to go with a pre-record. Uh, so we shot everything during the week and you can be much more it's easy enough to set up a camera and an auto queue outside and um, <laughs> do it by yourself. Uh, so there's no need to come into contact with people. But then we queued it up under some uh, pretty cool software we got from the States where you queue it as a live event. So we our usual church services are 9 and 10.30 on a Sunday. And so the video sort of starts playing at nine o'clock. So if you come five minutes late, it's like five minutes late to church. You can't rewind. <laughs> uh, so everyone's watching the same thing at the same time, which is good because it enables the chat function. So as people are chatting to each other live with a little uh, chat stream down the side, uh, you can kind of see who's watching with you and in a small way. And there's lots of other ways we're trying to do this, but to experience a sense of still gathering together and, and uh, participating in something. Uh, together. So it's pretty much producing an hour long, almost like a TV show with segments. I was just filming one yesterday. Uh, I'm calling it uh, Christians in Cars Getting Coffee, obvious Netflix ripoff. Uh, but um, I was trying to work out how to do an interview in a way that, you know, allowed for social distancing. So we've got a, a three row seat car. So I pulled out the middle seats and I picked up my boss um, who oversees our, our 10 churches, you know, sanitized it all, <laughs> gave him hand sanitizer. We didn't, <laughs> you know, we're 2.5 meters away from each other in the car and just had, had it loaded up with GoPros and, and sound stuff. And we just drove around the suburbs and went through drive through Maccas and I interviewed him. So I'm busy editing that this morning for um, uh, people to see on uh, Sunday. That sounds good fun. Yeah. I watched a bit of uh, the stream, not on Sunday, but via the link you sent me. And it did have a bit of like an old school kind of telethon feel, uh, which I quite liked, yeah. you know. it's uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, dial now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you had all the skits yeah. across the across the piece. Um, it's important that we all come together right now, which I assume is why you played the soothing, unifying sound of bagpipes about seven minutes in. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. My my kids' character that I do, I was really, we have about 120 kids with us usually on a Sunday and their world is changing at a rapid pace. So my one and only kids talk character is a Scotsman because I lived in Scotland for a year. It's the only accent I can do. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I'd do the kids talk and, you know, try and really include the kids. But on Fridays, uh, I mean, it's all shut down now, but on Fridays, the bagpipe club practice uh, where our church office is at the RS Hill. And so as I was walking past in a kilt, I thought, hey, here's a good start. I'll actually walk in with a real bagpipe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I loved the foot tap with the bagpipe player right at the end of that. That was that was comedy, comedy <laughs> yeah. genius. Uh, you've got to you've got to model <laughs> got to model the right things for the kids particularly. Absolutely, so. <laughs> the Corona kick. Um, and I suppose having that live experience, you know, you've got the kids sitting in front of it, you've got the family in front of it, and if you're all doing it yep. at the same time, then you are really getting yep. a sense of congregation, even if you're not physically in the same space. Yeah. Yeah, I, we, our online communication tool that we usually use for our teams, we use Slack like 
you know, half the rest of the world. But yeah, it was just wonderful actually. Like people are live putting video videos up or a photo of their kids watching Samwise, our kids' character, you know, on a laptop or on the big screen TV at home and, you know, kids sitting in front of the TV. And you can see this stuff, you know, being posted, you know, every every 20 seconds and things. And it really did have a feeling of, oh, yeah, we're still a church family. We're still gathering together. The kids are still here. Um, and, yeah, it, it was it was enjoyable. Like week two, like we already found heaps of things we want to do better. Uh, and I think over the next coming months or however long this goes for, you know, it's my goal every week just to kind of keep lifting just aspects of it and to make it more enjoyable and, and more of a community feel to it as well. Yeah, sure. Um, and I mean, obviously the coronavirus has had a big impact on your Sunday congregation, mm. um, but obviously that's not the only you know, service that a church provides. What other impacts has it had yes. on, your, on your congregation? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, there's a few things. Like we, um, you know, have regular groups uh, that meet together for people uh, sort of who are wanting to explore who Jesus is for the first time. We usually lean pretty heavily on hospitality on that. We do, you know, free dinner, free drinks from the bar and things like that. And unfortunately, we've had to sort of cancel those things for the for the time being and we're trying to work out you know, for people who want to um, sort of experience what our church is like or find out who Jesus is for the first time, we're still, um, still working those things through. As a church family, a big part of our week by week is kind of meeting in smaller groups. So we would usually, you know, have 15 or 20 of those smaller groups of, say, 10 people meeting in homes and, uh, you know, sharing a meal, opening the Bible, praying, seeing what's going on with life and caring for one another. You know, we've obviously had to stop that as part of being socially responsible. So, you know, it's really, again, like the rest of the world, <laughs> moving on to things like Zoom and, and getting that organised, but just trying to make that, you know, a way that still feels good. So I had my community group this week. Uh, I preloaded up a, a, um, a talk by another Christian group in Adelaide called City Bible Forum, and it was actually happened two weeks ago before everything got shut down. It was talking about fear of the future um, and just sort of some of our fears and how we address those as Christians and what the Christian worldview has to say to that at a time where there's bushfires, coronavirus, um, you know, those kind of things. We should together live, but then we had Zoom uh, open uh, as well on the side and could still see each other. You know, again, hospitality, it feels different, but, you know, a number of us had a, you know, I had a beer there and uh, a few of the guys had a glass of wine and, you know, you can sit in the comfort of your own home and chat. It's, it's in many ways different and not as good as meeting face to face. But, you know, for all of us, we're just trying to work out how to experience genuine uh, community together. And, you know, it's not bad. We, we're getting there and just want to keep getting better at doing it every week. Um, probably our big thing that we want to try and work out next week um, is really just trying to how to help to love and, and serve our local community. So we're really, um, you know, we've been work sort of designing a card, just sort of asking people, uh, are they self-isolating? Uh, just trying to find the vulnerable in our local community because, you know, some people who live at home or mental health issues um, feel very isolated at the best of times. we just trying to work out how we can... I mean, people are, of course, free to look after themselves, but we want people to know that we're here for them and if there's any way that we can use the strength of our community uh, to be a help to people like all of us um, in society, we're just trying to work out how to care for the most vulnerable. So, yeah, how do you do that in a non-connected world? Well, you know, we might just drop something in people's letterbox and uh, give people an opportunity to connect with us and see how we can help. 
Yeah. So that, that's kind of yeah. the scattergun of what we're trying to work out. Yeah. It's it's difficult. So, I mean, um, and and you've got a church community, I suppose, so you can draw on, mm. um, you know, the work of other groups and and kind of chat to each other about what people are doing in different areas as well. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I noticed that you had some music that was performed at a different church that was recorded by them and then went yeah. into your stream. Yeah, it, it was. So that was kind of a hastily organised, just record something in a day. And, uh, you know, in terms of the Sunday experience, that's probably been the biggest thing we've been trying to lift this week. So, uh, again, sort of before the before the big shutdown, we had sort of one night only to get our musicians together. And again, had to be very careful on social distancing. But So we set up in the round, actually. We had about, uh, you know, seven or eight musicians in the round, all a few metres apart from each other, all with all the <laughs> hand sanitising and not touching and, and things like that. But then just trying to work out how to record live music well and then edit it up in a way that, you know, really is much more sort of immersive and actually wants to make you sing <laughs> as you're sitting watching at home on the TV. So if you if you want to you know, just check out the opening song this week in our service, you'll find that that's a big part that we put um, a big effort into lifting uh, this week. So, but the, the thing I like about that the most actually is not just the outcome on a Sunday, but just that wonderful sense of camaraderie uh, in doing so. We all sensed it was the last time that would actually be wise for us to meet together like that. So it was kind of like a, it was a really special night for the people who were there. And then as it's rolled on this week and we've edited those things up, there's been people at home bringing their gifts and, you know, editing, and you know, mastering soundtracks and things like that. It's been a wonderful kind of just thing to do together that we're hoping is a blessing to our church, but also our wider network of churches or any other um, one, anyone else around the world who would find that helpful. But there's a lot of people doing that. Um, so it's nice to be a recipient and a giver of people trying to work out how to do things well in the online world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one last question. It's a bit of a tricky sure. one, um, which Go is how are you going to approach Easter? Um, I know Easter is coming up in about yep. a fortnight, and that is yeah, a bit scary. obviously a huge time, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for any church, um, mm. and, and involves some elements of, uh, you know, physical, um, you know, coming into contact for, for some parts of the service, depending on how you do it. Um, mm. Yeah, we it, it's something, again, we need to get onto very quickly next week. Like, <laughs> I think we've already ditched our Easter theme this year. We, we, were, we were going with, this is not the end, and the two taglines for Good Friday, talking about Jesus' death on the crosses, our world's problems are not the end. Um, and then Easter Sunday with the resurrection, this life is not the end. I mean, it kind of fits in a way, but um, I'm just very mindful of uh, of not appearing to be sort of opportunistic uh, about the way that we approach Easter as Christians. I wouldn't want people feeling like we're trying to take advantage of the situation to sell them something. Although I always think, and that's why I'm in ministry, I think Jesus has someone to, something to offer every person on the planet and you know, now's a really important time to consider those things. So it's really trying to get that balance right is probably my major concern to be genuinely offering what I think at least is real hope uh, without trying to be misinterpreted as being opportunistic. So we're kind of back to the drawing board on that. We'll do, we'll do things together on online, of course, and there won't be a physical meeting, but um, I'm just trying to think through 
you know, Christians, you know, for 2,000 years now have remembered that if there's one day a year that you want to do communion <laughs> to symbolise Jesus' blood spilled on the cross for us and his body broken for us, like Good Friday is the way to do that. So I'm just trying to work out how to kind of do that and make it feel like we're doing it together whilst we're all sitting in our own homes. So I, I, I don't have the answers to that, but what I'm thinking is we would have had three weeks experience in doing something online. I think it's getting better each week. And for us, Good Friday is the biggest visitor day of the year. So whatever we want to do, uh, I want to do it well and, and try and connect with people who, who we don't yet know. And we will see how we go from there. Well, I suppose you don't want, yeah, you don't want the blood and body of Christ to be a transmission vector for... <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> might send the wrong message. I know. Um, Christians, yes. I, I, I too read Christians in the media sometimes and some of the things they say that the body and blood of Christ could never transmit a virus. And it's kind of like, it's just bread, it's just juice. We're remembering something and you have to be really helpful. You have to be really careful with food handling. So we won't be doing any form of that communally. It would be people in their homes, but we'll be queuing people up just, you know, to grab some bread and some wine or juice or beer and chicken wings or whatever they've got in front of the TV with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You said at the moment that it's really important that you can provide hope and um, you know bring people together. Yep. What role do you think you play as a pastor during a crisis like this? Yeah, I, I think it's trying to... Um, well, I, I mean... The message from the Christian worldview, I guess, is un- unchanged that uh, uh, Jesus uh, does offer hope beyond this life. And uh, of all the people who have ever walked the planet, he's the one person who never appeared to be out of control um, and never lost in a situation and actually had the power to actually fix our deepest problems. So I guess there's that. that's the kind of theological answer. The practical answer, I think, um, I mean, I, I think that's immensely practical, but I think as someone responsible for, um, like many of us in different ways, being a sort of a thought leader and trying to kind of look ahead a few steps, because I think a lot of people are involved in the now. But some of the things that deeply concern me and I want to work out how to address are things like... Um, you know, I've got a background um, personally and, and lost my brother uh, to suicide and things like that. I, I'm, I'm trying to think, how do we, you know, we're rightly focusing on uh, coronavirus at the moment. But I'm thinking, how in an effort to save, you know, 30,000, 100,000 lives in Australia through stopping, you know, flattening the curve, and I'm all on board with that, um, and, you know, taking appropriate measures. But I think, how does that not result in a huge uh, rise in suicide. Um, you know, domestic violence is a massive problem in our society. Uh, place everyone under great anxiety, financial distress for people losing jobs, and then lock them up with their kids and their spouses at home for a while. I sort of think, you know, it's it's hard not to see sad and massive um, rise in the case of domestic violence and things like that. So those kind of things, I'm trying to think, how do we, in a in a time where we can't physically connect with people, how do we let people know, you know, that we're here, that there's people to talk to. How do we proactively, um, you know, it's, it, I always think proactive, reactive, like marriage counselling, for example, is a reactive thing. Uh, 
in most scenarios. Some people do it proactively. But how can we help people, you know, strengthen households? How can we proactively help people manage through this with mental health? How can we say to people, if you're really struggling with domestic violence in your house, please don't think we're going to, you know, shame you. Like, we want to help. Like, we would consider it a great thing if, if people reached out for help and we were able to provide some assistance or take some pressure off families and things like that. So, but, I mean, that's huge for all of us. So I think leaders across our society and whatever, whether it's the church and business, yourself, Justin, um, and others, I think we want to be trying to think ahead and think how can we proactively prevent a lot of things? You know, we're not going to be able to prevent them. How can we just do our best to help um, reduce um, poor mental health outcomes, suicide, domestic violence, and things like that as well? It's a it's a challenging time, um, yeah, and uh, absolutely. there aren't really many easy answers. Um, no, there's not. We, like everyone, we haven't. We don't think we've got it all figured out. But like everyone, we're trying to work out how we can, you know, be other person centred in this time. And I mean, we always want to do that at the best of the times. But I think it's really forcing us to think how we do that well. So, um, I guess uh, all the best for your future. Mm. Hopefully, this can be. Obviously, it's a it's a very sad time, but hopefully, it can also be a time for people to be brought together and for us to see the building of strong networks that can help us through in the months and however long it is to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a really interesting guy, wasn't he? Well, still is, one assumes. Yeah, he was interesting uh, when I chatted to him on Friday. Now he's a very boring man. <laughs> As far as we know, he continues to respire, which is important in this day and age, just to check. What a dear sweet man that he's like, I never trained to be a TV producer, but, you know, just got to learn. Even me today trying to figure out Skype, just having to figure out new ways to sort of connect. I grew up in a small country town and our priests, we have like five different sects of Christianity. Don't think about it too hard. But all of them, I guess, will be trying to figure out ways to keep that aspect of things going and I just love the idea of someone sitting back in my hometown trying to teach one of our old priests how to <laughs> use Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know how to use it but it's just a very nice image. Obviously one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast was kind of interview people that are doing strange and interesting things around coronavirus and reacting and adapting in interesting ways. And I find it so fascinating the way that they have taken this on board. And yeah, they have some resources and obviously they've got a big community that they can draw on for that. Mm. But a lot of it is just a few people putting in some really hard work and being really thoughtful and putting in an extra Is he doing level. skits? This sounds adorable. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, so... He's up there doing bits for the kids? Oh, man, that is very cute. Well, one of the things uh, is that during their church service, they would break off into groups, as as Matt was saying. So the kids would be with someone that's giving, like, a kid's talk, um, potentially while the rest of the service is going on. Yeah, yeah, kids bail out, Sunday school. <laughs> for real. But obviously one of the disadvantages of having one long live stream is that you can't break off into your groups so mm. at the at the top of the hour and a bit that they put online they have this uh yeah chat to the kids basically which is a um yeah just a bit of a skit uh with uh, Matt's Scottish accent which I I mean 
It's look, he's a good pastor, and <laughs> let's focus on his positive attributes. But I think it's a um, it's a really cool thing to bring people together in that way, um, and for people who really value that in their lives it's nice to know that they'll still have that. have that and they'll still have people reaching out and and looking out for them and and because that's one of the yeah. things that i guess we'll miss is that we just you know won't physically see each other except for skype and things like that yeah getting that technology keeping that relations with each other strong without touch and without physically being in the same space as people. Yeah. Really, and how people are interacting with kids. My boss came in and he had uh, a sense around this simple breakdown of what virus meant. Sorry, do you mind? Hmm? Sorry, do you mind just repeating that you are once again turning into a transformer? <laughs> I think it's interesting that we're finding different ways to um, maintain those communities in that we won't physically be able to see each other anymore. So I thought the video function was really good that they had there because having that regular, just having someone keep an eye on you physically and noting changes in what's going on with you physically was something that could have that big impact on your health. So when he talks about mental health, I really do get it like that's going to get worse and worse but the the physical being able to eyeball someone and, and see how they're going that way as well is important you miss stuff in phone calls you know it's true i mean i think that as much as that is going to be a problem it's good that you've got churches anticipating that and i think that that's something that we all need to be fairly cognizant of is watching out for the people around us reaching out to people around us uh sharing things that we like and find interesting and and you know i firmly plan to shit post my way through coronavirus absolutely like that is oh my favorite one of the last couple of weeks has been someone saying you know growing up i never understood how ring ring a rosie was about the plague like how could they do that make a little song up about this awful thing that was happening and then I saw the coronavirus memes and I got it. And I thought, oh, my God, isn't that great as a concept? Because you're like, yes, there is some solid comedic content coming out of this just literal tsunami of fuckery that's going on, man. And I think we're missing a trick as well because uh, we're singing happy birthday twice to wash hands, but we absolutely should have something more ominous like Ring-A-Ring-A-Rosie. <laughs> Uh, we really need some. Oh, I have to tell you dark, this. Dark okay, so I have this really stupid feeling in the week because you, know, you sing Happy Birthday, and I realized I kept on singing Happy Birthday to me, like Happy Birthday to me, and I felt bad. And I was telling my housemate that I was like, you know, it just feels selfish to be sitting there singing Happy Birthday to yourself twice, however many gazillion times a day you need to wash your hands now. And she taught me this, or not taught, but she just made this very lovely suggestion where she was like, you could just look on Facebook and see whose actual birthday it was. So I'm sitting there, like, washing my hands for the seventh time that day, going, happy birthday to Karen, happy birthday to Karen, don't forget your songs, happy birthday to Karen. 
it's just really I'm not even telling the people because you know you have a bunch of weird people still on Facebook but I'm just oh for sure I just oh for sure wanted to stop wishing myself happy birthday because if I'm going to be doing this for an extended period of time it's going to make me very conceited Ooh, it's always my birthday up here <laughs> well yeah I mean but I do think that contributes to a good cultural uh thing we've developed which is uh, denial a healthy amount of denial um oh, so just good. live in denial and let it be your birthday every day and that's one way of getting through <laughs> coronavirus for sure i like the new thing like whenever you order food you are saving the country you're like ah oh, it's a good thing i didn't cook tonight gotta save the country gotta gotta prop up this economy you know i mean i've had uh, some great uh bomb disposal uber eats drop-offs um so like it's really they drop the package they stand back several meters and then they're like oh it's, it's armed you know the little change in the app where you like just leave it there like i don't we're not sick we just don't want to talk to you it's perfect of the changes i want to keep in society after everything comes down please 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 everything calm down soon is i want to keep that as an option, like someone can just drop food at your doorstep like they're like a, a weird pixie in the nighttime instead of fixing your shoes, though, they're like just dropping off some delicious burritos. I also want, you know, like the rate of new start on a job seeker, it's called now. I want that to stay up. I think that would be neat if they're like, oh, well, we did it now. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Darcy. You can choose one and we have to go with your first answer, the Uber oh, Eats no, delivery option. It's okay. I'm going to choose that one because I'm socially responsible. Oh, my God. I think that's a good thing for us to do every week is to pick something from this that has changed that we would like to stick around afterwards. And the other thing I've been doing with Ellen uh, is we've been trying to figure out what industries are going to do like are going to have like a revolution and either do really well or really poorly out of this that you wouldn't expect so for example uh like i believe there's going to be a post office renaissance oh yeah they're asking for um more workers the other day that was one of the ones that was spiking it was always good because i'm absolutely i'm going to be posting things out i mean i'm going to be posting out copies of neptune today if anyone would like to purchase those uh, available on the, on the email us and but also <laughs> and if you haven't yet don't feel bad because i still haven't done it that's okay it's been i was out for weeks i fucked off to another country while it was happening <laughs> that's an excuse you're allowed to fuck off to another country i mean not now but you were in the past no now in the before times uh you were allowed uh, to leave now you're stuck in here now i just really want to watch Waterworld. Look, say what you will, that movie was amazing in my childhood. So good. You want a post-apocalypse, you go Waterworld, you go home. I'm going to watch Waterworld for the next episode. You do it, and then we can talk about Tina. About Tina? Who's Tina? Tina. Oh, I, I don't want, hang on, no spoilers. Okay. But also the smokers. Anybody that's actually seen it will know that the smokers are the, are the best. And you know when you think of a quote and it's so, like, it, you've said it for so long and so many years, you just can't. Like, remember where it's from. Yeah. So two things. Two things fucked me up on this. One was going back and watching the first ten seasons of The Simpsons, and I was like, oh, shit, I've never had an original thought. That's fun. <laughs> the other one was going back and watching Waterworld and going, oh, my God. How is that from this? It's one quote. I can't wait until next week. It's going to be awesome. This is going to be a lot like when I first sort of became friends with Justin and we were hanging out more consistently. I used to say, oh, Justin, oh, 
and no one would get it. So I'm going to throw this out to the normies out there who would have heard Justin Timberlake's Senorita, which begins with, and Justin, ooh, making it iconic and that everyone should have got from my lovely wailing. So the fact that you didn't get it, Justin, or any of our other friends didn't get it just means that you guys are weird and that I am fine. Next week on the show, we'll have a tech support <laughs> segment answering your questions about working from home and an interview with Riverland artist Alicia Herman on what it's like to live and work remotely. Thank you for listening to Radio Lockdown. If you liked the show, please recommend us to a friend. And if you hated it, why not support us on Patreon so we can afford to make it better? <laughs> Darcy, do you have anything to plug? You know I don't, man. I'm here for kicks and gigs. But it was a lovely time. Oh, absolutely. It's a nice way to spend, it's a nice way to spend the shutdown. <laughs> Well, in that case, why don't you take it away with our outro theme? Woo! Bye. Out it. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast.